0: this is the sunday messages podcast from cedar valley unitarian universalists in cedar falls iowa and i'm your host kat bean hansen welcome we're glad you're here Today's message comes from our program year kickoff service on Sunday, September 10th, 2023. At that service, Pastor Emma Peterson introduced the idea of revival-style testimonies, and then members of the congregation were invited to share their own testimonies. We hope you enjoy hearing a selection of those testimonies.
1: Has anybody here ever been to a revival? All right, Okay, a couple of folks who have been to revivals. I'd really like to hear your stories at some point. I've been to a few revivals. I went to some revivals uh, when I lived in West Africa, um, and I didn't really understand what was going on because it was they were all in languages i don't speak but a lot of energy a lot of dancing a lot of uh, shouting at people to get the devil out you know things <laughs> like that i then do a few revivals uh on the east coast uh new haven connecticut had a large um black church population i went to a few revivals at black churches and my favorite part of those revivals and any other big charismatic worship event I've ever been to was when people testify. They testify to how the Lord has been working in their life. Sometimes, um, if you travel, well, say in the South, um, where folks are Baptist or Pentecostal or, you know, some Protestant charismatic sect, If you make eye contact with them, they're ready to testify to you Mm -hmm. about how the Lord is working in their life. And do you know the Lord? And well, the Lord would work in your life, too. Will you just accept, you know, on and on. I love a testimony. I love to hear from folks about how their faith or their faith community has saved them, has risen them up, has given them a kind of new life and renewed spirit. I have a lot of testimony of my own to give. I have a testimony about the CVUU. And the way that the CVUU saved and redirected my life and washed my spirit clean and and made me a new person and set me on my vocational path that I had been stubbornly resisting for a long time. I've got a testimony and I will testify to the CVUU at any time. And I think a lot of you here have a testimony about the CVUU. I think you could testify to how this community has worked in your life, has changed your life, has given you a clearer understanding of your purpose in this world and the values that orient your purpose. So we have some testimonies this morning. We've got some folks on deck who are ready to testify. They're ready. They came here this morning with a story to tell, and they're going to tell it. And if you have a testimony, if you've got something on your heart that you just want to share with all these folks here, we'll invite you, too, to come up and and give your testimony. Al Hayes has a testimony. Al Hayes is here to testify today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, testify testify for us al
2: well (laughs) lord that's that's kind of a hard introduction to follow but anyway all right uh uh some of you probably heard this story before so i apologize if i'm i'm repeating it but uh uh in april of 1969 pam and i got married almost 55 years ago now and um uh um we um uh we had both been raised Presbyterians, uh, very devout, not fundamentalists, but very devout Presbyterians. And so after we got married, uh, Pam uh, brought one of the better ideas to our marriage. She brought many good ideas, but this is one of their better ones that she'd heard of the Unitarians. And we agreed that we liked the community and the fellowship of being in a, in a religious church, in a religious community. But of course, our beliefs had changed. We kind of thrown over our Christian beliefs and couldn't really be comfortable in a Christian community anymore. So she said, I've heard about the Unitarians, where your belief is is open, is optional, kind of. And so we showed up at the First Unitarian Church in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, one June day. Well, like our church used to do, they shut down for the summer. <laughs> <laughs> and so... We had to have the patience to show back up in september when they started up their services again uh and 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 we really liked the religious uh community that we found there they asked us to be the lr the youth group advisors which was a challenge in the 60s as you can imagine and uh <laughs> uh and 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 we really became a part of that community um uh, When we came here in 1979, I'll skip over uh, the six years that we spent in the church in Richmond. But um, the first Sunday I showed up, uh, it was the cleanup and fix-up Sunday that we used to have. (laughs) Well, I saw all these people working, cleaning windows, and I turned around and went home. (laughs) (laughs) Pam, Pam was in, in in with her parents with our then two year old son, and so she wasn't around. But then I, I showed back up, and it's been just it's been it's been integral to our lives. It's our our community where uh, most of our friends are. Where and you know I've grown and changed in my spiritual beliefs over the past forty five years, and in many respects. But uh, it's just been a, a wonderful home for us.
3: I have a testimony. (laughs) I was living a very lonely, narrow life full of anxiety and fear, loneliness, and deep boredom. Uh, Trying as hard as I could to fulfill a very hollow promise that if I just worked hard enough sacrificed hard enough hyper focused on having many many children and doing nothing else having no other interests or that I would be happy and satisfied and I worked and I worked and I focused and I forgot how to have fun I forgot how to have friends and um, over the course of time something snapped and i decided this was not enough and i looked and i looked and i discovered that i was a human social animal and unfortunately i would have to go and find some other humans to be with i was preach happy. <laughs> so i tried to find i did not want to go to a church and i tried to find other places to get these this human need fulfilled that I had. And then one day, I was shopping in World's Window, and Moria, who I was acquainted with, saw me. She walked in, and you know Moria. She screamed, hey, Mandy, and (laughs) ran across the store and greeted me like, like I was the best thing she had seen all year. And I thought, every time I see Moria, she's like this. I remember now she belonged to that weird church. I wonder <laughs> if they're all like this. And um, and they were. <laughs> so woo, woo, yeah. since I have come here, my world has opened. I've met so many people who are unlike any people I ever knew before. I've learned how to play. I've fallen in platonic love with all of you. (laughs) Um, I've learned how to be comfortable standing up and talking to people without having a panic attack. I've learned how to make mistakes, um, be annoying and embarrassing in front of people, and then getting over it and uh, moving on. So I love all of you here. I love learning how to be comfortable with who I am.
1: We We love you too!
3: And thank you for those who have taught me how to play, who taught me how to delegate and say no, even though you're not very good at it yourself, are you, Heather? um, Who taught me how to say I love you to people and feel comfortable doing that. Um, Who, when I was really new, somehow wrote me into team teaching and RE with you for a semester. all the wonderful people who I've learned how to share my joys with, I've shared my sorrows with, and learning how to be human. All
4: right, so I thought I'd come up here and share a little bit about uh, what religious education here means to me and why I'm so devoted to volunteering. My wife and I are both atheists, and we have got two little boys, and we want them to grow up to decide what they want to do on their own. But in order to do that, they kind of need to know what the choices are. And they need to learn, uh, even if they decide not to believe, they need to know what people do believe. People around them are motivated by their religion, they're going to vote. They're going to treat people with the respect from the way that they come from. And in order to show somebody true respect, you need to know what they believe. And, you know, honestly, to put it bluntly, it's important to learn why some people are so offended by a book about two penguins that adopt another penguin. (laughs) Uh, So I want confident kids. I want them to be informed in what they believe and be able to express what they believe and talk with other people about what they believe.
3: Amen.
4: And I want them to know that the difference between a claim and evidence. People are going to say, this is the truth. No, that's that's a claim. Like, how do you back that up? And I want my kids to know it's okay to ask for the evidence. And it's okay to look at the evidence and come to a different conclusion. And to disagree on important things, as long as you know why you disagree. Uh, I want curious kids. I want kids that try to integrate everything they know with everything else they know. I don't want them to be reprimanded for asking difficult questions. Things like, who did Adam and Eve's kids marry? Or who did Noah's kids marry? Or on what day were dinosaurs made? You know, simple things that kids come up with. That when I asked them in a Catholic religious ed, I was labeled a troublemaker, I was punished, and I didn't understand why. Uh, even more importantly, though, I've got a kid that asked me, what's Christmas? Who's Jesus? And as an atheist... That's actually a really hard question to answer. Because even if you say, mommy and daddy believe this, other people believe this, what the kid hears, what they repeat back becomes this mishmash of confused information. Uh, I can go on and on about silly stories that my kid tried to repeat back on what he thought Christmas came from. Apparently, Jesus went around punching people that didn't agree with him, (laughs) and the the government didn't like it. At that point, I realized I wasn't really capable of answering the question in a fair way, and so I started looking for options. Uh, And I also grew up in Iowa. I know how important religion is to social life here. Kids of all ages are invited to theme park trips, lock-ins, travel things discounted events that are subsidized by churches because the church wants to get them out there and then push their faith on them, get them tired and and exhausted and emotionally bare and then just hit them and start manipulating them. I don't want my kids to not be able to go to these things and not be able to have these friends' experiences, but I also don't want to worry when they go on these things how they're going to be treated. So with a religious ed background, I want them to be strong enough to go on these events and be like, oh, well, that's what you believe. I don't have to believe the same thing. That's perfectly all right. I want to uh, inoculate my kids against religion so that not one religion can sneak in and manipulate them uh, so they can't be indoctrinated so easily. And honestly, the best way to achieve all this is a place like this, where the only thing not tolerated is intolerance. Yes. yes. That's why I find religious ed so important.
5: I didn't know that this was going to happen, but brothers and sisters, <laughs> I'm ready. Oh, <laughs> I came here in 2005 because my friend Sue Wilson was doing. Uh, there were two services back then, and she was doing and in between. She was doing a, a cross quarter kind of earth-based ceremony and she asked me to come because she was worried she didn't know if people would come.
1: Witchcraft. <laughs> yeah it? and I'm like,
5: like that here. I'm open-minded I'm you know and so I came to that and I stayed for the second service and I walked in and I looked at well they didn't have them on the wall but got a little card you know and I'm looking at every, all of the different uh, seven principles and I'm like yep mm-hmm. yep yep all of them resonated and so I stayed, and yeah, it's one of the best things that ever happened to me. It's it kind of saved my life in some ways as well. Um, so yeah, and so even, a few months later, they wanted me to come up as a new person, talk about why I came, and I. So I said to my friend Sue, I go, well, I'm going to talk about that day and when I, you know, why I started, why I joined the church, and she said oh, you're going to testify, (laughs) and I said, all right, (laughs) So, so she came, and she's like, yeah, you know, so I talked about it, and I'm so glad I came, and thank you so much for the wonderful community.
1: I'm going to call up one more before I call our closer. Richard Henry has a powerful testimony. You can testify at any time. So if you have a testimony in your heart, give it during the potluck. Find a captive audience. Testify. Testify at the grocery store, the post office, wherever you feel the spirit is moving you.
6: Yes, now. Go for it. All right, I'm Rick Henry. Uh, Katie and I moved here. Hello, I don't need those. Um, Katie and I moved here from Seattle in 1987, and we moved into a big old house on the corner of 16th and Iowa. And coincidentally, there were two John Pages in town at that time. The John Page, the Unitarian, the artist, and his wonderful wife uh, lived. Mary Lou lived behind us, and John Page, the city planner, lived in front of us. And the post office continually mixed up their mail. And Megan, who, let me see, in 1988, she would have been going on seven. And she became the little go-between to take the mail from one John Page's house to the other. And then, of course, Mary Lou got involved. And she started working on Katie, I dare say the word proselytizing. Uh, and. Uh, uh, and we were interested, and I knew a little bit about the UUs and so forth, but we didn't pull the trigger. When Megan was small, all of the important conversations between her and I occurred in the car. And she was in the back seat of the car and out of the blue. This is the way Megan always did. By the way, just to put age into perspective, Meg will be 42 tomorrow. Um, and many of you know her. Um, she leaned forward from the back of the car as I was parking in front of the house and said, what's Easter all about? And I always try to be honest with her. And I said, well, you remember Jesus, the little baby that's born at Christmas? She said, yeah. I said, well, when he grew up and I went through the thing, you know, and, and the, the whole story and, and and how he was tortured and crucified and, and Megan was just, just abhorrent. You know, she just was so upset. And I said, but here's the important part. For Christians, they believe that after Jesus died, three days later, he came back to life and and lived among his apostles for 40 more days, and then God took him, body and all, up to heaven. And there's dead silence from the backseat. And finally, Megan said, and people actually believe this? And I walked into the house with Meg and shouted, Katie, call Mary Lou. We're joining the Unitarians. <laughs> I, I swear to God, that's exactly how it happened. We, we, so we remember, as I was president of the board 100 years ago um, and served in all kinds of capacities, we moved back to Seattle in 98 and just moved back here a couple of years ago, uh, actually 10 years ago, dear God. Um, so we're, we're all still here. And... Uh, And this congregation has done so much for us in so many ways over so many situations. Probably the most important in in recent years is when our son Max died at 34 of a heart attack five years ago. This congregation just came together. It was unbelievable. And it still is. And that's why we're still here. So there.
1: (laughs) Amen.
7: testify all right I, if i'm going to testify i'm going to have to move so i hope the people on zoom don't get dizzy watching me go back and forth <laughs> uh, back uh, some time ago i was having a conversation with my younger son and i was telling him about how much this place means to me and i babbled on and on like i tend to do and then i stopped and there was a long pause and then he said it sounds to me like that's your watering hole The watering hole, what an interesting way to put it. I never thought of about that. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, that's exactly right. Because when I came here, I was looking for nourishment. And I was looking for human connection. I was looking for a place that was intellectually stimulating but was still open to the heart and open to the spirit and moving and, and the mysterious and the unknown. Oh, Lord. <laughs> A place to be rejuvenated once a week, refreshed to be able to go back out and deal with the world outside these four walls. And I have found it here, and I am I'm so grateful to to all of you. This is my watering hole, and I hope it can serve as your watering hole too. But as I as I thought a little bit more about this today, I thought. I realized this place is more than just a social club, more than just a watering hole. It's an antidote. Antidote to what? Out in the world, we are bombarded daily, hourly, endlessly with messages. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. You're not wealthy enough you don't have the right clothes, you don't have the right shoes, you have bad breath, and the rest of you doesn't smell very good either. <laughs> but there's always a, always another message follow-up. Buy this, buy that, buy this, buy that. It's materialism gone wild. Amen. When I came here and walked through that door, I was good enough. Yes. You know, I was good enough, you know, and and accepted, and was respected, and uh, I I could be my true self. And uh, this place is the antidote, and I'm so appreciative of that. So I got more involved here, gradually did a wide variety of things at every different Task that I I was asked to do and took on, it was meaningful. It was rewarding. It it wasn't. It ended up being an opportunity to get to know people deeper, and and to live out my values in, in community. Um, it, you know, now it wasn't all. It, it, it's not always peaches and cream. I mean, volunteer work has the word work in it, right? I mean, there's there's energy and commitment involved. But when you're doing good work with good people. That's a gift. It's a gift. And this place has given so many gifts to me. I will just finish by saying this. Whether you've been here for decades and are an old timer, or if you've just recently become a member, maybe just joining, or maybe you're a first time visitor today. When you walk through that door, you're gonna be welcomed, You're going to be respected. You're going to be safe. You're going to be valued. And you're going to be appreciated. That's who we are. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. All right. All right.
0: This has been the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists. The music is by Nathan Moore. If you want to learn more about the CVUU, visit our website at www.cedarvalleyuu.org, and you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at Cedar Valley UU. We welcome visitors from anywhere to virtually attend our services on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you'd like to learn more about joining us for a service, Send us an email at cvuupodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.